they jumped into the unknown, like they they left everything behind. So there's no other option than succeed. This is Paula Moura. Hi, Jacob. She's been the neighbor's intern over the summer. She's from Brazil. And I was living in Sao Paulo for more than 15 years. Apparently, while she was studying journalism in New York, she had listened to a bunch of Neighbors episodes and liked them. And I sent you a tweet asking to be your intern. Now, I'm usually not that easy, but after talking with her and her professor and hearing about the program she was in, I said yes. One of the things that Pala was really interested in learning about in Nashville was all the immigrant-run restaurants on one particular street here, one that I live near, called Nolansville Pike. Yeah, there was this New York Times opinion article by Margaret uh, Renko, and she spoke about how to really be someone's neighbor uh, by going to an immigrant restaurant and really talking to the person, not just going and but becoming friends and learning more about the food, more about the people who really do that. Now, Paula tried a lot of different restaurants and met a lot of different people, people from Brazil, Mexico, China, from all over the world. But there was one place that stood out to her the most. The bean sauce they have is amazing, Jacob. It's a restaurant with a big red parrot painted on the front, next to a flag of Honduras. It's called Delicious Las Catrachas. It basically means delicious food made by Honduran women. <laughs> Inside, there's a TV showing a soccer game and music playing over speakers. There are green and white checkered tablecloths and a brown tiled floor. Paula found a lot more than good bean dip here. She found this woman. Elizabeth Martinez. Elizabeth Martinez, the owner. She's short with dyed blonde hair. She wears blue jeans and a blue T-shirt. She's 28 years old and speaks only Spanish. And this place is a dream come true to her. Here, she's successful. She has six employees. The restaurant has over 30,000 followers on Facebook. But the road here, that wasn't easy. He took his things. He was starting a new life. While destroying mine. After coming to America for a better life, the person she was wanting to make that better life with, left her. And she felt like she didn't have many options. I wanted to take the pills. I'm Jacob Lewis, and from Nashville Public Radio, you're listening to Neighbors, a show about what connects us. Today, Paula Mora brings us the story of Elizabeth Martinez, an immigrant who sought opportunity in America, almost lost it all, but in the end became queen of the kitchen. Here's Paula. Elizabeth works a lot, sometimes 14-hour days. When I tried to have lunch with her at her restaurant, I had to wait because she was busy taking care of things. But she finally sat down. She has a shy smile and prefers being quiet, talking only if someone asks a question. But she knows who she is and what she wants. And she isn't afraid to tell people what she thinks. <laughs> the other day, a guy asked her out in front of me as we were all riding in a car. Without hesitation, she said, I don't have the time. Another thing about Elizabeth is that she believes in the American dream. She says it doesn't matter where you come from. If you have a goal, you can accomplish it. 
pues que no, que no importa si de dónde somos. Her goal? She wants to open a restaurant in each of the 50 states. Sí, y un, pues un restaurante por esta. Elizabeth suggested I try a baleada. It looks like a quesadilla filled with beans, egg, and cheese. She had a soup, cow ribs with tortillas and rice. There are a lot of amazing dishes here. The journey to this restaurant started in Honduras when she was eight. That's when she started cooking for the people who worked on her grandpa's bean and corn plantation. She was raised by her grandpa in a region of Honduras surrounded by green mountains and lush banana trees. Elizabeth didn't know her father growing up, and her mom got pregnant at 16 and left Elizabeth with her father, Pedro. Grandpa Pedro. He raised her her entire childhood. She loved him deeply. He taught her how to persevere. Her upbringing shaped her conviction to be someone in life, to be different from her mom, and to honor her grandfather's teaching. She didn't have a lot growing up. Her aunt made all her clothes for her, including jeans. But Elizabeth would see people on the street wearing nice jeans, the kind you get at the store. She wanted a pair like that. When she was 15, she finally had enough money to buy her first and only pair of store-bought jeans. Oh, my first pantalón de jeans. Que no she says she wanted to have many, but only had money for one. Solo tuve uno. But the hardships of life were more than just not having the clothes she wanted. She says the house they lived was poor and had a dirt floor. Era pobre, era de, de tierra, no es casa de material, nada de eso. But she says she was happy to be surrounded by her cousins. When she went to school, she had to walk for an hour just to get there. She studied for nine years, but had to stop because she didn't have the money to go further. She only graduated high school. Pues ya para estudiar una carrera ya es más difícil, hay que tener dinero. No todos tenemos la oportunidad de estudiar. But still, she didn't want to have the same fate as her mom and become a pregnant teenager. Pues sí, lo que me propuse... She wanted pequeña, to be herself. Pues, she wanted to be unique. Ser única. She decided that by working hard, she would reach her goal. Her goal of independence and of having as many pairs of store-bought jeans as she wanted. But then, a complication came onto the scene. A boy. She met him when she was 14. He was at her school. He asked her out. This is the first love in someone's life, she says. I fell in love with him, and only him. He was two years older than her. Her mom, who at this point was back in her life, didn't want them to be together but they kept secretly seeing each other anyway. Then one day, her boyfriend did something that would change the course of their lives. He said he was going to the United States. This seemed like more than just a move. This was the passport to adulthood. She could work in a country that offered so much more opportunity than Honduras. This was important, not just because of being able to buy jeans or to be with her young love, there was another reason. Her grandfather was 91 and was sick. If she could go to America, she could send him back money to help with his medical needs. 
She would help the person she loved the most and be close to the one she was in love with. She was already deviating from her mother's path. There was one more reason she didn't want to be like her mom. Before leaving to the U.S., her aunt's husband told her he was her father. He had an affair with her mom while married to her aunt. She was shocked and held her rage inside. She was not treated like a daughter, but like a niece. Instead of yelling at him or running to his arms, she just said it was fine. But she would never call him father. No matter what, it was going to be hard to leave her family behind. Elizabeth says she loves her mom to a degree, but Grandpa Pedro is the owner of her heart. She's crying because Pedro is no longer living. She misses him a lot. But when she first got to the States, Pedro was still alive. She said that during that time, she had everything she needed. No me hizo falta nada. She had a plan that when she got her first U.S. paycheck, instead of buying jeans, she was going to send it home to her grandfather. But a few months after being in America, she got a phone call in the middle of the night. No, solo me They called me one morning at 3 a.m. to say he was gone. She wishes she was at his side. But she says, that's how life is. You have to move on. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll hear about Elizabeth's life in the U.S. and how she ended up staring at a bottle of pills in her bedroom, contemplating ending it all. Elizabeth lives in a quiet neighborhood. When she opens the door to her house, I realize it's not quite her house, but her brother's. Five other adults and four children live here. She rents a room in the back. The children watch a TV show in Spanish. Toys are scattered around in a big living room. We go sit in the kitchen. She didn't want to wake up her dog. He is a brown and white pit bull called Charlie. Se llama Charlie. She treats him like a son. Él es como mi hijo. He sleeps with her in her bedroom. Duerme en mi cuarto. <laughs> Elizabeth herself just woke up. In fact, I woke her up because she was working late the day before. But she forgets all about work when she's with her two nephews. She plays with them rolling around on the ground and gets on all fours to give them horsey rides. They love her so much that they don't like when she leaves. She wants to have three kids of her own, but those plans are on hold for now. She recalls that when she started living with her ex-partner in the U.S., life was very beautiful. They understood each other. They never fought. Todo fue bien bonito. She says everything Todo was so wonderful. In those ten years, she gave him her life, her youth. Toda mi vida, mi juventud. They worked together at an Italian restaurant. She was the manager, his boss. Pareja, pero pues nunca tuvimos problemas. But she says it was never really a problem between them. 
things were good until their last year together. He started acting differently. He didn't want anybody to see his cell phone. He stayed out a lot and started drinking more than he used to. She asked if he was seeing someone else. He denied it. One morning, he confessed that he was in fact seeing another woman. He took his things and left the home they built together in Nashville. Elizabeth sat there in what used to be their bed. The day before, she had bought sleeping pills because she was anxious and couldn't relax. The grief was so intense, she thought it might be easier to take a bunch of those pills to end her life. It was hard I didn't want to live without him, she says. As she held the bottle in her hands, something stopped her. Her dog Charlie came over to her. He kept nuzzling her like he was comforting her and telling her not to do it. She ordered him to go away. She wanted to be alone, but Charlie wouldn't let her. It seemed he wanted to hug me, she says. I believe animals are like people. They also feel. She says at that moment, she believed the pills were a solution. But now she regrets ever thinking that. When she first got Charlie as a puppy, he was very sick. She took him to the vet and got him medicine. Now he was the one saving her life. At home, she goes the extra mile to take care of Charlie. Sometimes her brother makes jokes and threatens to leave Charlie outside. Elizabeth pushes back, saying she will pay the rent for him if she has to. The moment after she decided she wasn't going through with taking those pills, Elizabeth made a decision. Her ex-partner had been in the way of her dreams, mainly of opening her own restaurant one day. She decided that day that she was going to love herself more, become a new woman. She dyed her hair blonde and made a promise to herself that she would start her own business. She says she doesn't know where her strength came from. And she needed that strength because for the next six months she still had to manage her ex-partner at the Italian restaurant they worked at. She says she had confused feelings. She wanted to hug him and held back tears when he came to ask her if she was okay. After six excruciating months, she quit her job. She rented a food truck and started selling Honduran food. One year later, she rented a brick-and-mortar spot for delicious Las Catrachas on Lonlesville Pike. It is not the first time Elizabeth started from scratch. Her strength was always there. When she arrived in America, she received only $6 per hour as a cleaner. But then she started working in a restaurant and began to work her way up. She started cutting salad, then on to making certain easier entrees, and then ended up in running the kitchen. She was the employee of the year three times at the Italian restaurant she used to work at. It was there she earned the name 
queen of the kitchen. Era la reina de la cocina. A title she's very proud of and that she says nobody has taken yet. Her work in the kitchen has given her everything. No, ahora ya no les puedo contar los pantalones jeans. Including more jeans than she can count. Neighbors is from Nashville Public Radio and produced by me, Jacob Lewis. Special thanks to Paola Mora. I'm very sad to see you go. I really enjoyed our time together. Um, I also have a note that she sent me that said, since the reporting of this piece, Charlie Elizabeth's Pitbull has passed away. I'm really sad to hear that. Um, Paola also wanted me to add that if you are contemplating suicide, there is a suicide prevention lifeline you can call. 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. The show's editors are Mac Linebaugh and Anita Bug. Music in this episode by Poddington Bear. Neighbors is a proud and founding member of The Herd. You can learn more at theherdradio.com. That's H-E-A-R-D. If you could, please leave a review in Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way. And just tell somebody about the show. Maybe a favorite episode of yours, something you've been thinking about. Maybe it prompted you to talk about an old Seinfeld episode. I don't know. Just let somebody know, and maybe it can be a door into getting to know your neighbors. Because, uh, as always, I'm Jacob Lewis, and I'm reminding you to get to know your neighbors. <laughs>